Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to an Alpha Energy podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha Energy, and I'm here with my colleague Wayne Bryan, Senior European Energy and Commodity Analyst. Welcome to you. Good afternoon. And Wayne, you've been looking into security of supply, uh, where our gas is coming from, just as we start to experience the first cold weather of winter. What does the situation look like? Uh, actually, it's quite promising at the moment. Um, we've got quite a diverse uh, supply at the moment. Uh, a lot of that uh, is coming in through LNG or liquid, uh, liquid natural gas. We're seeing a lot of that come in from America, uh, from Russia, uh, and even as far flung as places like Trinidad and Tobago, the global market is quite oversupplied at the moment. Uh, so that's really been a great contributing factor. UK production has been quite robust of late. A couple of new gas fields, some are approaching maturation. But overall, um, supplies are quite good and demand still isn't that strong at the moment because we're yet to see a real sustained cold spell and the effect on LDZ or heating demand mm. from domestic. Now, National Grid, of course, look at this on an annual basis ahead of the winter. What does their analysis suggest? Um, Are they confident? They are confident uh, in terms of this year. If you look at some of the metrics, like I looked at uh, electricity or demand from the power sector uh, for gas generation. And again, that was uh, dialed down this year. Also, as well, we're seeing a lot more renewables on the grid. So that is also going to play a a big part as much as they are intermittent. They're still playing a big part. Uh, Also, in light of Brexit, um, they did a threat assessment just to make sure that even in the event that all of our interconnectors um, were switched off or something would have happened in terms of the relationship with the EU, that even in a one in 20, uh, and that means the coldest winter out of the last 20, we'd still be in a position uh, that the lights don't need to be turned out, basically. Um, one of the reasons for that, as I've mentioned before, is access to the LNG market. Um, a lot of the spot cargoes, if we were in that position, would be coming uh, to the UK because we would pay a price for it. So if the price signals are here, then the, the gas and the power will arrive. But of course, anyone who's listening to this uh, uh, from the consumer side might be rather concerned about what could happen for prices if, if there is a squeeze on the supply and demand balance. And having lots of gas in, in Europe's fine, providing we can get it across the interconnectors. But what does the European situation look like? Europe's very dependent on Russian gas. Yeah, well, the European situation uh, is very rosy uh, at the moment. In terms of storages, we've never seen European gas storage ca- caverns at such fullness for this time of year. They're currently at about 98%. Um, and the major storage caverns, the likes of Italy, Germany, France, are more or less full, uh, which gives us great confidence. And like us, they're awash with LNG. Again, lots of LNG on the market at the moment. Supply is finally outstripping demand. We've had some issues uh, in the Far East in terms of temperatures, not getting that cold. Uh, obviously, economic headwinds, thanks to the trade talks. Um, we've also had different supply sources. So you're getting a lot of gas now from Australia going into, into China. We've got the new Power of Siberia line that starts up next month. That's again a Gazprom um, initiative and that is actually starting on December the 1st. So we expect uh, gas demand from Asia not to comp- start falling or go into a, into a slump, but just not to be as high as normal for this time of year and their storage cabins are also full. 
Well, that's obviously an encouraging sign for consumers, at least, and, and for short-term security supply. But there have been some, some issues with um, getting Russian gas both into Europe and, and through transit countries. How, how are those discussions going? Well, yeah, I'm glad you uh, mentioned that because that's been a, a big story uh, over the past few days. Well, in fact, since last month, we've basically got at the moment some trilateral gas talks. So we have uh, on one side, Natfa gas in Ukraine, Natfa gas well, the British gas of uh, Ukraine. Uh, and on the other side, we have Gazprom or Russia. And in the middle, mediating is uh, the EU. So basically, in a nutshell, we have a supply uh, transit agreement between Russia and uh, Ukraine that expires on the 31st of December this year. It was a 10-year agreement. Now, around a third of the gas that comes into Europe comes from Russia, but transits through Ukraine and then filters into Europe. So as it stands at the moment, that agreement uh, has not been signed off. We've had one round of talks, didn't go too well. The second round happened just two days ago. Um, and again, wasn't really the greatest. There's a lot of political issues there. There's also an ongoing court case between Gazprom uh, and between Ukraine. When I say ongoing, it's already been resolved. The court of arbitration actually ruled in uh, Nat for Gas's favour. And to this moment, Gazprom uh, were ordered to pay them $2.3 billion, which has not been paid yet. So th there's a lot of issues in this. The EU really want them to push through and sign this, but as of yet, nothing's been signed. And looking at all indications, um, listening to other people in the market and speaking to some peers, it's probably going to run right until the last minute. When's the next uh, round of talks due to start? Is it imminent? Or? End of November. So we've had the start of October. We had one just this week, and then the next one's end November. So time is, uh, is running out, so to speak. Well, let's hope there's some positive news here. But in terms of other pipelines getting gas into Europe, there has been some positive news, I think. Well, yeah, surprisingly, uh, Nord Stream 2, which is what uh, Russia have been building, or Gazprom have been building over the past couple of years, is another pipeline that will take gas into Europe, but bypass the Ukraine. Um, now, this had a lot of opponents, but one specific opponent was Denmark. The last section uh, of Nord Stream 2 is yet to be built, and that was going through Danish waters. As of yesterday, and quite a surprise actually to quite a lot of people, um, we saw that Denmark finally agreed uh, that Gazprom can access its waters and build the remaining section of Nord Stream 2. Now, this would take at least another four weeks before they can actually start any work, and then apparently another six weeks worth of work. So the way we're looking at it is probably end of uh, Q1 or into H2 of next year, we're going to see some gas flowing through the pipes. But there's been some stern opposition uh, from the likes of Poland, Ukraine, and also the US, who are talking about sanctions and that Europe should not be over-reliant on Russian gas. So this story hasn't played out fully yet. Now, some people listening to this might think, well, well, why does Russian gas matter so much to the UK market? After all, there are not many molecules of Russian gas in the UK system. Uh, but of course, we're, we're physically connected. And what happens in one market adjacent to us affects the market here. So presumably, that's the reason why, why it's of, of interest to you and other analysts. Correct. I mean, if you look at it exactly, we probably take around between 1% to 2% of actual Russian gas into our pipes. However, we are part of the European gas market. So if there's a scarcity of supply, thanks to the supplies being cut off into Europe, that means we'll be all be competing for gas from different sources, but all willing to pay a higher price. So yes, as much as we don't directly uh, import Russian gas indirectly, we're very much exposed as, as the rest. 
And, and similarly, it might, this might be a good, good point to conclude on. There'll be some people who, here who, who are listening saying, well, actually, I don't consume much gas in my business, but uh, I'm a big power user. Uh, we, we tend to forget, despite the, the growth in renewables and so on, um, gas is hugely important still for UK power generation. It really is, and uh, especially with the coal market at the moment, and coal is now being bypassed, and it's actually out of the money in terms of it's not economical to burn coal to make electricity. So when the wind isn't blowing or the sun isn't shining, we use gas. So on a typical day, anywhere between 40 to 60% of uh, power generation is generated by gas. So yes, gas does have a massive impact on power prices too. Well, I guess it's encouraging news then that the gas market is looks reasonably benign despite some of the issues you've raised and, and hopefully that's positive for the power markets and the prices for consumers here. Well, Wayne, thank you for your insights uh, as ever. Um, always, always stimulating. And if you'd like further information about Alpha Energy briefings and our market reports, uh, please check out our website at alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. I hope you found this podcast useful and thanks for joining us. Thank you.